0: Hello there, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us today for Revelation God Rules. We're going to listen to episode 22 today, and that will cover Revelation 21 and part of Revelation 22. And this is the episode for Sunday, June 18, 2023. You know, the word city and the word holy aren't used very often in the same sentence. The song, In the City, recorded by Joe Walsh, the lyrics go like this, Somewhere out on that horizon, out beyond the neon lights, I know there must be something better, but there's nowhere else in sight. It's survival in the city when you live from day to day. City streets don't have much pity. When you're down, that's where you'll stay. Then, of course, the chorus, in the city, in the city, and so on, and the second set, uh, second verse is, I was born here in the city with my back against the wall. Nothing grows and life ain't very pretty. No one's there to catch you when you fall. Somewhere out on that horizon, far away from the neon sky, I know there must be something better, and I can't stay another night. (laughs) That captures what people usually feel when they think of the word city. Uh, Usually holy is not used with that word city. Now, we think about another matter here because these two things are going to be combined today. I heard a story, a true story, about a major league baseball player, I think back in the 1930s or 40s. And he was asked in the locker room after a game by the sports writers, I think his name might've been Charlie or Billy or something like that. Hey, Charlie, what's your ultimate goal in life? And you know what his answer was? To get to heaven, to get to heaven. That is a great answer. Now, when we think about heaven, we need to realize that heaven is a place. It is not a state or a condition or a frame of mind. It is real. It is a place. Listen to what the Lord Jesus Christ himself said about heaven, and this was on the eve of his betrayal, but he wanted to encourage his disciples. Now, we're, we're going to see when we read this that heaven is a place, and it's described, as we'll see today, in Revelation 21 and 22. The millennial kingdom, that thousand-year kingdom we saw in the last episode, when the Lord returns, it is going to give way to the eternal state and heaven. And its greatness it is described in the Old Testament by the prophets. I've been listening recently to the prophets in the Old Testament, and it's amazing how they predicted the millennial kingdom. But I mean, you know what? The glories of the millennial kingdom will be surpassed by the new Jerusalem, the holy city, the heavenly city, that we see described in the New Testament. Now, here's what the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 14, verses one to three. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, ye may be also. So the Lord Jesus Christ very clearly describes what we think of as heaven is a place and it is being prepared. Guess what? If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's being prepared for you and you and you and you who are listening today. Now, if you're not yet a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you repent of sin and trust him as your risen eternal savior, who died to pay the price for your sins, that you would not go to hell, but you would go to heaven, then he he is preparing that place for you as well if you come over to his side today. So let me kind of remind us in very broad terms what we've seen to this point in the book of the Revelation. And this is very broad. These, These are certainly not the details. The church, the bride of Christ, that we saw mentioned repeatedly. I think it's—I think I'm right in saying it's nineteen times in Revelation chapter one through three. And we know in Revelation four one, we believe that is symbolic of the church being raptured to heaven prior to the tribulation on the earth. So the church, the bride of Christ is raptured to heaven by this point. And the church, the bride of Christ, has returned from heaven with the Lord in what we call the second coming of Christ to defeat the antichrist, the false prophet, and Satan, and launch a thousand-year rule over planet Earth in what we call the millennial or thousand-year kingdom. Now, some of you are saying, are you sure that's really real? Well, as we saw last week, six times in Revelation 20, it is referred to as a thousand years, 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 a thousand years. years. I'm pretty sure it's a thousand years. How about you? Now, We're at the point in the book of the Revelation where the holy city descends from heaven. Now, Israel, as the chosen people of God, they inherit the earth and primarily Israel inhabits a new earth while the church inhabits a new heavens and the holy city in particular. Now, I don't know and I don't want to say that there's no, no travel between or interchange between those places, but I'm saying, in general, that appears to be the setup for the eternal state. All right, now, I mentioned several episodes ago that we would see some, some very unusual things as we began to finish the book of the Revelation. I mentioned, for example, we would see two cities. And if you're thinking with me right now, you remember the the, uh, city of Babylon, right? And today we see the holy city, the new Jerusalem. But they're also represented as two women. One is an evil whore, and the other one is a chaste bride, right? Right? So, a pure bride for Christ. What a contrast. I mean, I don't think there could be a more stark contrast between the world system and the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church is part of that, and we are the bride of Christ. We are not the whore Babylon. We're the bride of Christ. Now, we come today to Revelation 21, verses 1 through 27. If you have a Bible handy, you can follow along with me. But as we've said many times, maybe you're driving or you are, uh, you're relaxing and listening to this. You can listen to it and you can read it later. But if you have a Bible, you might want to grab it and turn to the last book in the Bible That book is called The Revelation of Jesus Christ, and it is 22 chapters long, and we're in chapter 21. So it's pretty close to the back of your Bible. So when you find Revelation 21, you will join me in the very first verse. That's where I'm going to start reading right now. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Now I like this because mankind has pretty much decimated the earth and it will definitely be decimated by God during the tribulation and I'm sure that much restoration occurs in the millennial kingdom. But once the Lord deals with Satan finally in that final battle then he is going to renovate to create a new and a fresh, a new heaven and a new earth. Because it says for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And you know, as spectacular as our fallen world is even now, I can only try to imagine how wonderful a renovated heaven and earth will be with no more sin, nothing to taint it. And from John's standpoint, maybe, John noticed that there was no more sea. Now, why would that be important? Well, when he wrote this, and this may may be why this is there, I don't know, but certainly the sea is a barrier, and it separates peoples today. But John was on the prison island of the Roman Empire called Patmos, right out there in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. And when he looked in every direction, maybe he would go up on a mountaintop when they were breaking rock there, and there was no way off that island because all he could see is water as far as he could see. And he makes a note, and there was no more sea, amen. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So this is a a brilliant, spectacular, moving vision that John has of this descending holy city. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now in verses uh, four and following, we're going to see wonderful descriptions of the holy city, of things that aren't there, uh, especially things that aren't there, and we're going to see things that are there. So let me ask you today, is there anything that troubles you or bothers you? Maybe it's illness, maybe it's um, want or sorrow or physical pain. I mean, today, this is no big deal really, but I, and I think it's demonic attack because I share the word of God and the enemy knows who I am. Now, I'm, I'm just a bit player, don't get me wrong but I am putting out the word of God and people from different countries in the world. That blows my mind, are listening to this week in the word. So, you know, Satan's not going to give me a pass on that. So I came out today and my car had been broken into. Other cars had been as well near mine, but, you know, I mean, that created some problems for me today. And until I get it fixed, more problems, and then I guess, you know, you always wonder, is it going to happen tonight? Is it going to happen tonight? That kind of thing. You know what? It's it's just a thing. I'm on my way out of this place, and I'm going to heaven. Amen. So whatever bothers or troubles you today, maybe it's broken relationships, maybe it's fear, it could be an addiction. I want you to know that if you will trust the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to go to a place that is beyond your ability to even comprehend. Look at verse four in Revelation 21. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I don't know what causes you to weep or cry, The day's coming, well, that will no longer cause you to cry. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Death is man's great enemy because of sin. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And right here, you can join me in saying amen. Verse five, and he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now go back to verse 7. We saw all of the sorrow and all of that and no death, but I want, which is massive, wonderful. But I want to point out in verse 7, you know, if you live for the Lord in this world system, a few people who live for, this, for the Lord in the world system are wealthy because that's God's plan for their life. But you know, on average, and this is biblical, you know, not many wise, not many noble, all of that. And, you know, it's real hard for rich people to trust God because money gets in their way. But the bulk of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ just make average incomes. Many, many barely make it at all. I want you to see verse 7 again. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Did you hear that? One day, everything that the lost, God-rejecting, mocking world has and enjoys and they own, it seems like they own it. One day, we will inherit all things. Now, I don't wanna make this absurd or ridiculous, but I'll, I'll just use an example. As wonderful as heaven is gonna be, um, I don't I don't know, maybe there are, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, like a boat, all right? And there's a place to use the boat in heaven. I don't know. And now it's beyond your reach and you sure would like one, but you, you're not going to get one in this life probably. Well, maybe there you do. I don't know. I'm just using a, you could think of a better example probably, but you see what I'm saying. He that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. And then did you notice that list in verse 8 of the people that aren't going to be in heaven, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. Wow. You know what? There's... There's two kinds of people in the world. And I'm going to tell you what they are. There's many ways to describe it, but this is a great way. And if you realize you're on the wrong side, you can make the switch tonight, today, whenever you're listening by trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. There is is a group of people that has been born twice, but will only die once. Who is that, Pastor Ed? that would be people who are born again. They obviously were born, you know, physically as a baby, but at some point in their life, they were born a second time from above by the Spirit of God, when they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they they were born again, that's a biblical term. So those people, and I'm one of those people, and maybe you're listening today and you are too, We've been born twice, but we will only die once, and we might not even die if the rapture happens before we die. But in general, all Christians, or the majority of Christians, as to say, are born twice and die once, except that generation alive at the rapture of the church. Then there's a group of people that are born only once, that is, they had the physical birth, and then they have a physical death, right? Yep, that's the way the world works, Pastor Ed. Born once and die once, but you know what? That's really not true. Those people who've only been born once are going to have two deaths. They're going to die twice. And you might be asking, how can that be? Because at the end of verse eight, and, and we saw this also in the last episode, at the end of that list it says shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. So somebody who's only been born once has refused to bow the knee to King Jesus. They're going to die physically at some point and then guess what? When they're resurrected for the great white throne judgment, They're going to have a second death, a spiritual death that will never end. It will be eternal in the lake of fire and brimstone. It's a real place, just as real as heaven. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ came, so that no one would have to go there, that they would have the opportunity to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that could be the reason why you're listening today. Maybe you got up this morning, you didn't have any intention to listen to this. Somehow you're listening. What a miracle. That's amazing. Somehow you found it on Spotify or somewhere or a friend sent you a link or you you saw it on social media and thought, well, I'm going to listen to that. Maybe you even listened to make fun of it. And yet right now, You're being convicted of sin by the Holy Spirit. That's the Lord trying to pull you to faith in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. So it is no accident or coincidence that you're listening to this today. Maybe you're already a Christian and life has been hard for you. I hope that you realize better days are ahead for us. They will never end. We are going to heaven and we will inherit all things and there will be nothing there that troubles us here. Say amen, amen. All right, verse nine in Revelation 21. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, come hither and I will show thee the bride the Lamb's wife, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal." So I can't explain it. I'm just reading it. The church, the bride of Christ, is also this great city. And, and the church lives in this city. So explain that, Pastor Ed. I can't. I'm just reading to you what was revealed to the Apostle John. Now, let's look at how this is described. This great city is descending out of heaven from God. It may be, it seems to be, that this new Jerusalem, this celestial city, some people have called it, doesn't come, it, it may come to the earth, but it seems that it's suspended between heaven and earth and the whole earth can see it. But let's look at how it's described. It, first of all, notice that it radiates the glory of God. And this light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone. So I, I think that represents kind of an amber color, but it's clear as crystal. So we're going to see in a minute that the that God's glory radiates out from it. You know, some Christmas ornaments on Christmas trees, for example, are made like that, and some some crystal that, that's lighted or candles in it. And it's just beautiful, you know, when you see that kind of thing. And that's how this city is. Verse 12, And had a gr- wall, let me say that again, And had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels and names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel." So it may well be that even though Israel uh, inherits the earth, they apparently are able to come back and forth between this heavenly city, this holy city. Now, I don't want to be dogmatic about that either way, but that appears to be the case. Verse 13, on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof, and the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So this appears to be a cube, a city that's a square, and within it is the is city and the glory of God radiates out of the city. Now I'm not good at this stuff like furlongs but I think I looked it up and it's approximately 1,500 miles in length and width and height. That is a huge city and you may not be good at geography and that kind of thing but I'm pretty good at that. You could take a city of that size Let's say you set it down in the with one one edge of it in the middle of the United States. You going to write it whatever the middle is. The other the other side of that city would be the East Coast or the West Coast depending on where you set the city. If you set it kind of kind of squarely on the United States, it would take up most of the United States. Think about that. This is a massive city, and it's as tall as it is wide and deep. I'm going to give you a stat, and you're going to say, you, that can't possibly be true. You're lying. Well, I'm not a math major. I did not go to MIT. I can barely even say MIT. But people who are, about 30 to 40 years ago, calculated the population of the earth. And, you know, we're always being told the earth is overpopulated. That's actually the earth comparatively is vacant. And here's why. And I know the population has grown some, so it may be just a little larger than this example. But at that time, the entire population of the world could be given like three square feet of room to stand in And you could put the entire population of the whole world within the city limits of Jacksonville, Florida. And right now you're saying, that's not possible. Well, eggheads calculated it and they said, well, actually it is. So there are more people now. I think there's allegedly seven billion people on the earth. How does anybody even know that, right? But let's say there's seven billion. Okay, maybe it's Jacksonville and Miami, Florida, whatever. That still leaves a vacant earth. This city here is 1,500 miles wide, deep, and tall. This is a massive city. Plenty of room for the millions and millions who have believed in God throughout the ages. Wow, this is so large. Now, verse 17, and he measured the wall thereof, and hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel this is a massive wall and you know i think this it's a real wall but i think it also symbolizes that you just can't come in because you want to you have to be let in because of your faith in the lord jesus christ and uh, the jews who will be inhabiting the earth eternally are Messianic Jews, they had believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now, verse 18, and the building of the wall of it was, it was of Jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. I can hardly even imagine that, how about you? And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones, the first foundation was Jasper, the second Sapphire, the third a Chalcedony, the fourth an Emerald, the fifth Sardonyx, the sixth Sardius, the seventh Chrysolite, the eighth beryl. the ninth a Topaz, the tenth a Chrysoprasus, the eleventh a jacinth. the twelfth an Amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, Every several gate was of one pearl and the street of the city was of, was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. Wow. The gates being made of pearls, you know, possibly suggest the suffering that was necessary that any man might go through those gates. That is the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ but these are actual pearls that are massive. Verse 22, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved Shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now let's go to Revelation 22, verses one through five. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. You remember, we saw that the Antichrist uh, branded everybody essentially with the, his mark. Well, this is, this, is the, this is what you want, the name of God in your forehead, not the mark of the beast. Verse five, and there shall be no night there and they need no candle, neither light of the sun for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Contemplate, meditate upon what we have read. Maybe go back and reread it slowly and ponder how beautiful and wonderful this place will be you know, the Lord Jesus Christ wants every person listening to this right now to be there with him, that place he's preparing. In John 3, verses 16 to 18, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And then in 1 John chapter 5, we read verses 11 to 13, and this is the record, and that that word means like witness, testimony, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Listen, right now, every Christian should be greatly encouraged. Hang in there. It won't be long and we're going to get through this and we will inherit all things in a wonderful place forever and ever. But to you who might not be Christians yet, I want you to write this number down and then call it 888-388-2683. 888-388-2683. It's a Christian ministry that will help you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or You can go to the website of the church where I worship, www.bellview.org forward slash Jesus. So here's how you spell that: www.b e l l e v u e dot o r g forward slash j e s u s www.belleview.org forward slash Jesus now if the Lord doesn't come first and Satan the deep state or the world economic forum or people breaking into my car don't double tap me first then I'll be back next week with episode 23 which probably will be the final episode of Revelation God rules next week Now, before we go, I want to ask you to do something. I want you to like this episode. I want you to follow the podcast. And I want you to do one more thing. Share it with someone who needs to hear this message and share it right from where you're listening right now. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week, Lord willing. And we'll conclude Revelation God Rules.